بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمده ونصلی علی رسول الکریم اما بعد الحمدللہ ٹوڈے از دا فورتھ آف ڈسمبر ان دی ایئر الحمدللہ وی موڈ آن ٹو دا ٹوینٹی فورتھ سیشن of the blessed surah al-anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam and i reach verse 87 so inshallah today going through up to and including verse 88 so verse 87 hawdu billahi min ash-shaitanir rajeem bismillahir rahmanir rahim and remember dhunnun alayhi salatu wasalam when he departed in anger he imagined that we would never put him to trouble So now the narrative of Yunus wasalam, is mentioned. So there's a report. So this hadith is in the Abu Dawood, Imam Ahmad in his Musnad 5-278 with a sahih chain of transmission. Fawban radiyallahu, he relates that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, and this is the relevant part, I asked my Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala not to destroy my ummah by drought and not to instigate an enemy against them. So my Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala said, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what I disdained for Yunus alayhi salatu wa sallam, he could not change it. I have disdained that your ummah will not be destroyed by drought and that I will not instigate an enemy against them even if their enemies from all the lands to uh, gather or they will capture them. So here in this relevant part of the report, the Prophet was making famous du'as for his Ummah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Allah ta'ala answered the du'as which he asked. He goes, don't destroy my Ummah by drought, meaning in its entirety. And do not instigate an enemy in the entirety against them. And of course, Alhamdulillah, Allah has answered this. But what did Allah the Almighty and Glorious say? He goes, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what I disdained for you, Nusallahu alayhi wa sallam, he could not change it. So what is being referred to in this sahih hadith, that Nusallahu alayhi wa sallam was decreed to do something. There was nothing he could do against it. And this is in reference to this verse, i.e. in which he left his people. So simply in a nutshell, Nusallahu alayhi wa was sent to as the city of Nineveh in Iraq. And then he preached, but then eventually Allah Ta'ala was going to send the punishment. When Allah Ta'ala told him the punishment is coming, Yunus left. Did he commit a sin by leaving? No. But the better of the course would have been to wait until Allah Ta'ala told him to leave. But he left without Allah Ta'ala telling him because he was thinking the punishment is coming. And because of that, he was put into the predicament. Have you understood? So, if you look at this verse, Allah Ta'ala says, Remember Dhunnun, when he departed in anger. So who was he angry with? He was angry with his people. So how do we know he was angry with his people? Because in Ibn Jarir and Ibn Kathir's tafsir, Ad-Dahaq recited this portion, إِذَّهَبَ مُغَادِبًا 
when he departed in anger, he said, anger towards his people, meaning in disobeying the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So now you need to turn to another passage. In Surah 37, verse 140, there's details. Surah 37, verse 140. So Allah the Almighty and Glorious, He mentions there. When He ran away, when He left to the ship laden. So now a detail is added. It says He actually ran. Why? Because the punishment was it doesn't mean he was fleeing. And then he says to the ship that was mashhoon, led. Ibn Abbas explained that the Allah, he recited verse 140, he explained, it was filled with cargo. And then he recited verse 141, he agreed to cast lots, meaning to draw lots. So he went onto a ship, and this ship was a commercial ship. They had lots of cargo on there. The Quran goes, it was fully loaded. And then it mentions he agreed to cast lots. Why? Because a storm broke out. And Yunus realized that Allah was displeased. <laughs> so he told the people on the ship, you must draw lots. First he goes, throw me aboard. I'm the one who's causing this. They goes, no, we could never throw you aboard. But then he goes, let's draw lots. And when the lots were drawn, it always came to his name. So the loss was drawn. So the verse says, He was condemned, meaning he was the one. Verse 142. Then the hoot, the big fish, swallowed him. And he had done acts which are blameworthy. Now what does that mean? It meant he left without permission. Allah, when he talks to the Prophet, he talks to them as if they've committed major crimes because of their status. So the fish swallowed him. So now, Lord Allah uses the word hoot. It doesn't mention what the fish is. So, hoot, it means a big fish. Right? Uh, a, a big fish. So now, where was this? More than likely, it was the Tigris River. Because it contains fishes of extraordinary size. The Bible mentions it was the Mediterranean which is 600 miles from Nineveh. <laughs> so obviously that doesn't make any sense. He's sent to Nineveh. Why has he gone 600 miles? Where has he gone 600 miles? So the Tigris seems to be more likely and there's extraordinarily large fish within there. So now, what's interesting about the fish? Ismail Haqqi, Rahmatullah in his work, Ruh al-Bayan, 5-226, 5-518, he mentioned that Yunus he remained in the belly of the fish for three, seven or forty days. So we don't exactly know how long he stayed in the belly of that huge fish. Some say three, some say one week, some say forty days. Then he added, therefore that fish will enter paradise. So where he actually, whichever fish took him, swallowed him respectfully, that fish enters paradise. So now what's fascinating about that? Why does that fish enter paradise? We're going to discuss it. Because he turned it into a masjid. He was in the belly and he started to pray. <laughs> and all masjids returned to paradise. But there's now another thing which is certainly worth mentioning. If a fish which contained a prophet of God for a few days now enters paradise, then what about Rasulullah's mother who carries him? 
Where does she go? And you'll get some people saying she's going to help. So then you think, have you read the narrative of Eunice? They can't understand what you're referring to because how is that related? Because the fish that carried him for three, seven, forty days goes to paradise, and the mother who carried Rasulullah for full term goes to hell. And in the Quran, whenever Allah Ta'ala talks about the Prophet's mothers, any Prophet's mothers, He talks about them with great veneration. There's no exception. Isa Islam's mother, Musa Islam's mother. Etc. Etc. So no, the Quran is highlighting this, and of course it makes complete sense. So now another thing mentioned here is the big fish swallowed him. What does that mean? So Sheikh or Professor Doctor Zaghloul Najjar, in his work, an entry into studying the scientific miraculousness of the glorious Quran and the purified prophetic Sunnah, page four to eight. He recited Surah 37, verse 142. The fish swallowed him. He explained. The big fish handled him like a morsel and kept him from rushing down to its stomach. I, he did not digest him until Allah Ta'ala, the exalted, casted him onto the fourth, to the naked shore. So the Quran says that the big fish swallowed him. And the Sheikh says it means he didn't eat him. Because when you eat, you digest. So he was told just to swallow, you understand? Don't eat him, don't digest him. And then eventually he was put onto uh, the shore, as they say. So then if you look at the end of the verse now, verse 87. He imagined, now the translation here, some of the translations, they make a big mistake. This here has made a big mistake. So in the translation I've got here, it says, he imagined that we had no power over him. I don't know whether you got that in your translation. He imagined that we we, we had no power over him. That's kufr. So how is that a translation? The translation is, he imagined we would never put him into trouble. So now why do I say that? In Mariful Quran, Volume 6, page 228 of the English translation. So Mufti Shafi, he recited this portion. And he thought we would never put him into trouble. Now the key word here is naqdir. So if you look at the verse. Mufti Shafi said naqdir has three different meanings. If it is derived number one, from Qudra, the meaning would be that you, Nusra imagined that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would not be able to gain mastery over him. This is obviously an unacceptable explanation, as no Muslim can ever entertain such thoughts in his mind, least of all a prophet of God. And look at the translation that I've got. They've adopted that. He goes, he told he had no, no, no Aburian power of him. What sort of a Bakwas translation is that? And that's translation. That's why we never say translation is Quran. But that is one lexical meaning of it. But it goes unacceptable. Then Mufti Shafi said, Rahmatullah Secondly, if it is considered that the word Naqadir is derived from Qadr, then the meaning would be to straighten or narrow down. To straighten or narrow down. Then he decides another verse to explain. 
Because Allah the Almighty and Glorious says, Allahu yabsutul rizqa li man yasha'u min ibadihi wa yaqdiru lah. Translation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala extends provision to whom he wills and he straightens it. Yaqdir means to like, you know, shorten the rizq. The imams of tafsir, Ata, Sa'id ibn Jubair, Hassan al-Basri and many others, Rahimahumullah, had adopted this interpretation. Therefore, the meaning of the verse is, Yunus taught he would not be put into a straightened condition by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if he abandoned his people. Have you understood? He thought, I'm not doing anything wrong. You understand? But he chose the less of the better options. Because many of the imams have interpreted it like this. Then he said, most commentators have explained it like this. But then he goes, there's a third possibility. The third possibility is that naqdir in verse 87 is a derivative of taqdir. In which case the verse means that Yunus was sure he would not be blamed if he disassociated himself from his people. Qatar Mujahid and Farra, Rahimahumullah, adopted this explanation. So why have I gone into this? So if you look at the verse, you can make kufr statements. Look at the verse, verse 87. Remember Zunnun, alayhi salatu wasam. He left in anger. So what does some fruit cake say? He, goes, he was angry with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Astaghfirullah, what are you talking about? Right? Because his people were listening. Incorrect, he was angry with the people. Then it says... He goes, he thought that we had no power over him. What sort of a gibberish is that? That's kufr. It means he thought he's done nothing wrong. Right? He thought, you know, um, and he was obeying, but it wasn't the best thing to do. So note, you have to be very careful. And Mufti Shafi, alhamdulillah, elaborated upon that. <clears throat> and then the verse continues. But he cried through the depths of darkness. There is no God but you. Glorified and free from all imperfection are you. I was amongst the oppressors. So this is now where he made that famous dua. La ilaha illallah anta subhanaka inni kuntu min So now some details. In Qurtubi ibn Jarir ibn Kathir's tafsir, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu he recited Fizzulumat, the depths of darkness, he explained. The darkness of the belly of the fish, the darkness of the sea, and the darkness of the night. So Allah the Almighty and Glorious said, He cried through darkness, Zulumat. What's the Zulumat? Darknesses. Three darknesses. The darkness of the belly of the fish, meaning he was in the darkness of the belly of the fish. He was in the darkness of the sea, complete darkness. And he was the darkness of the night. So think about that. You know, what, where did he make that dua? Only Allah, Allah could have extracted it. Bottom of the sea, darkness, belly of the fish, darkness, and during a very dark night. Also, when he was in the fish, in Ibn Jarir and Ibn Kathir's tafsir, Awf al-Arabi rahmatullahi said, when Yunus found himself in the belly of the fish, he thought he had passed away. Then he moved his legs. 
when he moved his legs, he prostrated where he was. He then said, O oh my Lord, I have taken a place of worship to you in a place which no other person has reached. <laughs> so imagine this is a prophet, normal person, absolute panic. What the, what's happened? Where am I? And look what he does. He moves his leg. First he thinks he's passed away. He goes, I'm alive. And then he prostrates. He goes, Ya Allah, I've made this into a masjid. What? You know, if you think about that, that just describes the Prophet. Is that a normal reaction? I've, ta- I've made this into a masjid. Prostrates to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also there's details. In Ibn Kathir's tafsir, it mentions. So this is in Ibn Abi Shayba in his Al-Musannaf 11-5413-578 Ibn Kathir's tafsir. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, Abdullah ibn Abbas and others, radiyallahu ta'ala, they all said, this was because the fish took him through the sea, cleaving it until it reached the bottom of the sea. Yunus heard the rocks at the bottom of the sea, uttering dhikr, at which point he made the dua. La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu minadhalimeen. So details are added. The fish is going under the bottom. That's interesting. He swallowed it from the surface. And he's now told to go to the bottom. And when he gets to the bottom, what does the hadith say? You know, because he hears the rocks doing dhikr outside. Another secret of a prophet. How is he hearing the rocks outside? He's a prophet. And when he hears the zikr of the rocks, it prompts him. And he starts to do the zikr, which is mentioned here, the famous zikr. And details are added. So the report mentions, so this is recorded in Ibn Abi Hatim, Ibn Jarir, Abdullah Mantur Al-Bidayah. Our beloved Messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, when Yunus wasalam, was in the belly of the fish, he praised Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by saying the dua. His dua came up to the heaven where the arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. And his words were faintly heard by the angels. Look how interesting. He made that zikr. And his blessed words went up. And it, near the Arish, very faintly the angels heard it, you know, like a really low volume. The angels inquired about this zikr. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, It is Yunus. The angels said, Now look at the key point they made. Oh, our Lord, would you not have mercy on what he did in his leisure time? That it now will save him in his distress. In other words, look how amazing. The angels are saying, Ya Allah, he was always obeying you, worshipping you in time of ease. Now help him in time of hardship. Allah the Almighty then saved him and ordered the fish to cast him out of its belly. Subhanallah. So the angels taught us something. That if you want Allah to help you in times of hardship, remember him in times of ease. And then, then Allah Ta'ala told the fish to exit him. So now here, there's another passage. In Surah 37, verse 143. Surah 37, verse 143, are details add, added there. So it says, Translation. Had it not been 
that he glorified Allah, he would certainly have remained inside the fish till the day of resurrection. So this is Surah 37 verse 143 to 144. So Allah told you something about if he had not been amongst those who did tasbih, what does that mean? In Ibn Jarir, it is Tafsir 21-109. Ibn Abbas, he recited verse 143, he explained. Means, had he not been those who offered salah. So Allah Ta'ala says, if he was not amongst those who offered salat, he would have, that would have been his grave. So what is Allah Ta'ala calling salat in the Quran? Tasbih. One of the greatest ways to remember him. So note, he was offering salat, Ibn Abbas said. And that's the beauty of salat. And also to add here, what does Allah Ta'ala say in verse 144? He would certainly have remained in the fish till the day of judgment. What does that mean? Qatada said in Ibn Jarin and Tafsir Maududi, he recited verse 144, he said, this does not mean that the fish would have lived till Qiyamah. And Yunus would have also remained alive in his belly. But it means the fish's belly would have become his grave till the day of judgment. So when you look at the verse, it says he would have remained in the fish till Qiyamah. So there's two ways to explain that. One is that, oh, the fish stays alive. No, it means he, he passes away and that would have become his grave. But because of Salah and his remembering Allah in times of ease, Allah goes, no, he will be taken out. And the intercession of the angels. And there's a hadith. In Tirmidhi, number 2516, Hassan Sahih, Ahmad in his Musnad, 1-307, Iman, Ad-Durul Mantur, 2-66. Our beloved messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Know him, subhanahu wa ta'ala, whilst in prosperity, and he will know you in distress. Subhanallah. Know him, subhanahu wa ta'ala, whilst in prosperity, and he will know you in distress. Look how beautiful. Allah Ta'ala is saying, you remember me in ease and happiness. I promise I will remember you in hardship. So we know the hardships are coming. The dunya, the gham bazaar. But the insurance policy is, you remember him in ease. Then Allah Ta'ala will not fail you. Because he promised that. And look at Yunus a classic example of this. <coughs> so now, to add. Verse 88. So we listen to him and delivered him from distress. Thus do we deliver those with, with belief. So now here, there's a few things mentioned. So in Ibn Jarir in his tafsir, and Al-Bidayah, Rasulullah said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, when Allah the Almighty wanted to keep Yunus in the belly of the fish, he told the fish, Take him inside, but do not eat his flesh, nor break his bones. So Allah told the fish, you are only allowed to swallow him. When the fish went down to the depths of the sea, Yunus heard a voice. He said to himself, what is this? Allah revealed to him inside the belly of the fish, this is the zikr of the sea animals. <laughs> so he's heard the rocks doing zikr. Allah revealed to him that he's hearing the fish doing zikr. Then whilst in that state, Yunus glorified Allah, which was heard by the angels. And they said, O oh, our Lord, we hear a very weak voice coming from a very unusual part of the earth. Allah said, this is my slave Yunus. He did not wait for my command. There it is. 
He did not wait for my command, so I detained him inside the fish. So Allah Ta'ala said, this is why I've done it. He left without permission. They said, is it the pious servant from whom good deeds come to you every day and night? Is it the same servant? Allah Ta'ala said, yes. The angels then pleaded on his behalf. So Allah Ta'ala ordered the fish, spit him onto the shore. Look how beautiful. The angels were shocked because the one who's always was, is yes. And they go, please, Ya Allah, please help him. Allah Ta'ala then goes, take him out. A second report. In Ibn Jarir in his tafsir al-Bidayah, Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas radiyallahu. He goes, I asked, Ya Rasulullah, is the dua special to Yunus alayhi salatu wasalam only or can any Muslim make this dua? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, it is special for Yunus alayhi salatu wasalam. However, it is general for all Muslims. If they make dua with it, because didn't you hear the next verse? And he recited verse 88. So we responded to his call and rescued him from distress. Thus do we rescue the believers. Look what Allah Ta'ala says. What does he say in verse 88? Thus do we deliver the believers. So Allah Ta'ala gave you a hint. It's for him. But he then doesn't say, I rescued Yunus. He says, I rescued the believers. So the Prophet said to Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas, the night of Islam, because don't you read the next verse? O Sa'ad, So no, this is also now given to us, though it was specifically for him. So now what's special about this dua? So there's a few things. So the report mentions in Nasai, Tirmadi, Ahmad, Hakim, Sahih, Zahabi, Sahih, Ibn Kathir's tafsir. The Prophet wasallam he recited the dua. La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kundu zalimin. He then explained, no Muslim ever supplicates to his Lord with these words for anything, but Allah the Almighty will answer his supplication. No Muslim ever makes a dua with these words for anything, but Allah Ta'ala will answer his supplication. It's a very famous hadith. So this dua should regularly be inserted into your dua. Allah Ta'ala promises to answer that dua. But is there any condition? Yes. So this is in Deilami, in his Musnad al-Firdos, Kanzul Omar. Our beloved messenger sallallahu alayhi wa said, The dua of my brother Yunus wasalam, was ajeeb, was astonishing. The beginning was tahleel, la ilaha. Then comes tasbih, subhanak. And the end, confession of the error. And then he recited the dua. La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu zalimin. So what did the Prophet say? Because his dua is amazing. He starts off with tahleel. Then he makes tasbih. Then he admits a failing. Then the Prophet said, No worried, no distressed, no troubled, no indebted has ever invoked with it during a day three times. But it is answered for him. There's the condition. Three times. So the Prophet mentioned categories. If you're worried, you made this dua three times, Allah will answer it. You're distressed, you made this dua three times, Allah will answer it. You're troubled or you're in debt. You say three times, Allah will answer it. So note the condition is three times. Another virtue. 
In Imam Ahmad, in his Musnad, Hakim Tarheem, Hafiz Dimyati, in his Al-Majjar, number 1354, our beloved messenger said, If a Muslim recites the dua 40 times during his illness and then dies as a result of his illness, he shall get the reward of a martyr. But if he recovers from the illness, all his sins shall be forgiven. So when a person is ill, especially if he is very ill, this is a critical du'a. You say it 40 times. And then you can't lose. <laughs> if I recover, I'm sinless. If I die, I get the reward or I raise up with the shaheeds. So why? Because this du'a is beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is something keeping in mind when you go to somebody who is definitely seriously ill. So note this du'a should be said when people are suffering with serious ailments. Subhanallah. And the last thing to mention here is that the Prophet وسلم, he said in Sayyid Bukhari, whoever says that I am better than Yunus ibn Matta, والسلام, he has lied. <laughs> whoever says that I وسلم, am better than Yunus ibn Matta, والسلام, he has lied. So that's the hadith. And it's got different, slightly different wordings as well. But what's the meaning? Why did the Prophet say that? Because if you just look at the Quran, you might end up thinking something wrong about Yunus So the Prophet mentioned him specifically. Because don't you dare think ill of him. You understand? In other words, yes, the Quran mentions he left in anger. He thought that he would not be put into trouble. You know, he left and he fled. You know, he ran. So all these things could put, shaitan could put doubts into your heart. So the Prophet slammed it. He goes, whoever says, I am better than Yunus ibn Matta. He's a liar. So he said, no, he's a prophet of God. The only error or slips they can fall into is the less of the better courses. And there it happened. So now what's interesting, the prophet also mentioned his father, Matta. Matta in English is Matthew. So we know the name of his father. That's interesting. Musa's father was Imran. The hadith mentions it. So his father was Matthew. So again, Lord, Allah Ta'ala has honored him by the Prophet mentioning him by name. So obviously this was the father of Yunus And then there's other details, but we don't need to go to it at this relevant juncture. But then the Quran says that he was spot onto the shore and he was ill. Then Allah Ta'ala mentions that he caused a gourd tree to go over him, a pumpkin tree. And he was told to eat from that. And then the hadith mentions a goat would come and he took the milk from the goat. So what's absolutely shocking is the scientific accuracy. If you are in the whale, if it was a sperm whale, first of all, what's interesting is the ambergris comes from sperm whales. And they find that interesting is why is that found in this whale? So some ulama said because that was the species. That was the whale that kept Yunus So wherever the Prophet resides is blessed. So Allah causes ambergris to come from it. Imagine from the body of a sperm whale. So it seems to indicate it was a sperm whale. But there's nasty bacteria inside the whale. Very harmful to human you know, health. And guess what they found out? SubhanAllah. What destroys that bacteria is pumpkin. So Allah, what did he cause to grow when he came out? A gold tree, the Quran says. So look how amazing Allah is mentioning things absolutely incredible, indicating the greatness of a prophet and also indicating that the gold is the cure for this. 
and then the goat's milk is also extremely blessed as well. You know, it doesn't have any neg- negative, you know, effects upon the digestive system. So, Lord, everything about his narrative is amazing. The story of Yunus alayhi salatu wasalam. So, I'll decide the verse. And we will conclude. A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. وَذَنُّونِ إِذْ ذَهَبَا مُغَادِبًا فَزَنَّ عَلَّا النَّقْدِرَ عَلِيهِ فَنَادَا فِي الظُّلُمَاتِ فَنَادَا فِي الظُّلُمَاتِ اللَّهُ إِلَهَ إِلَّا أَنْتَ سُبْحَانَكَ إِنِّي كُنْتُ مِنَ الظَّالِمِينَ فَاسْتَجَبْنَا لَهُ وَنَجَّيْنَاهُ مِنَ الْغَمْ وَكَذَلِكَ نُنْجِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ we pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He makes the Qur'an the Rabbi of our hearts. And I pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He forgives me for any others which I may have inadvertently ordered. Subhanallah bihamdi, subhanaka Allahumma bihamdika, ishru la ilahi illa anta astaghfirika atubu alayka, adhi billahi min ishtanji, subhanahu rabbika rabbil izzati amma yisifun, wa salamu ala al-mursaleen, walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, bismillahi rahman rahim, walasr, in nisan lafi khusr, ladhina amilu wa amilu salihat, wa wasbil haq, wa wasbil sabr, sadaqallahu al-azim.